Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful time we're having with you where we are together just to read the Word of God. I'm Temuos Duel. We have fasted and we have prayed, but sometimes we haven't received the answer. God talks to Israel and tells them their fasting does not work, but there is a special kind of fasting that He expects from His own. God has some standards for fasting. If you fast, we are focusing on Him, setting aside food, let me say, just to focus on Him because we want or we seek His face. But His condition is that, as you seek my face, I want you to illuminate my goodness by works as Christians. I believe the message will change your life and you will view fasting and the Christian walk in a different perspective. The church today is viewed as a spiritual place. The church is a spiritual place where we think that everything has to be spiritual. We gather each and every Sunday, each and every midweek prayer, all night prayers. We pray it is too spiritual such that we have become earthly useless. There is too much prayer in the house of the Lord and we call people time and again for all night prayers, half night prayers, uh, prayer and fasting, all those things. The church has engaged in that. And in the church we see individualism where it is my own, I own whatever I'm doing. It is me who does whatever I do. It is just me. Individualism is in the church today. Let us read the Bible in the book of Isaiah chapter 58, I'll read from verse 1 to 10 from the ESV and I read. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet, declare to the people their transgressions, transgression to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteous, and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteousness, righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight. And to hit with a wicked feast, fasting like, your, fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Inasmuch as you fast, is that the fast that I chose? A day of a person to humble himself? Is it not to bow his head like a reed and to spread clothes and ashes under him? Will he call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I chose, to loose the bones of the wicked, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go, all, shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be, shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. 
You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the uh, speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then you shall, your light, uh, sorry, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday. The church today exists. Christians today, we exist, but we are full of individualism. A lot of Christians are focused on spirituality, on worshiping God, on giving him God the glory, and that is good. But we have become earthly useless. Now, why are we Christians? Why is it that you're not saved and you go to heaven immediately You raise your hand? Israel here is talking about prayer they've done to the Lord. They've fasted and prayed. If you read the first, the second verse, you get to understand that there was a culture that Israel had adopted, and that was a culture of praying and a culture of fasting. We are human beings today. We fast. Remember, Israel had a lot of statutes that they had to, statutory laws that they had to abide in. One of them was to pray, to offer sacrifice to the Lord. So they did that diligently. But they also prayed in the time as I was written, they were in, 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 in exile. And they were praying to God, God deliver us from whatever is suppressing us. Have mercy on us. They were praying earnestly to the Lord to deliver them. So they prayed. And it was their custom that they prayed. And it was good. Just like we have a custom of prayer in January. Some of us, they fast maybe every week. Some of us, they also pray maybe twice a month. They go to a prayer meeting where people are praying. It is a good thing to do. But sometimes it becomes a culture. And when it becomes a culture, you think that doing that entitles you to answers to your prayer. You think that that is what God really wants. You've heard people say, I go to church, and they think that is heaven. There are people that actually are faithful in their tithes and offering, even giving to the pastor sometimes. And giving to the church, they are faithful. And they think that is the way to heaven, and that's the way God wants it. It is not complete. So Israel was thinking they qualify. Why? Because they were doing the fasting and prayer. They, uh, verse 2 says, day after day, you worship him and seem eager to learn his teachings. You act like a nation that wants to do right by obeying the law. You ask him about justice and say you enjoy worshiping your, the Lord. They, they, they pretend, there is pretense that existed in Israel. This pretense existed such that they thought whatever they were doing was good. And now they said, we enjoy worshiping Lord God. Just like we say today, we are in your presence, Lord. We enjoy your presence. We enjoy to worship you. And we even cry to the Lord. It is good to cry to the Lord. I don't dispute that. It is good. But what we are learning here, there is pretense. We don't have to pretend as if we are serving God and pretend that doing what is righteous, like going to church, offering, makes us to be in right standing with God. That's a big mistake. So Israel acted like that. 
As human beings, let's not be deceived by attending church and offerings. God wants a personal relationship with us. And he also wants us to be relevant to our generation. They ask now, Israel had been praying, fasting, doing all those things, claiming that we are faithful, God, to do what you have said to us. Now they say in verse 3, why have we fasted and you see it not? They are asking God, these are the Israel, why have we humbled ourselves, which is fasting, and you have taken knowledge of it? It's like they see that God does not answer their prayer. It's like they've prayed and God is not answering. Just like we have prayed, just like people have prayed, they are not receiving their answers. And they're asking God, we've been faithful, God, we fasted for 21 days. God, we prayed earnestly, we read your word. Where is the problem? Behold, now God explains, in the days of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your brothers. And now I want to bring to the context of what was happening. If you read Isaiah chapter 34, Verse, uh, sorry, Jeremiah 34, verse 8 to 12. It reveals what was happening in Israel. I'll start in this way. The Bible in the book of Leviticus, time and again, God talks about the law in the law of Moses that there shouldn't be any slavery. Israel should not make another person a slavery. If they do, after seven years, the person has to be released. But what was happening here, Israel had made other Israel seven, uh, slaves. That is fine. But after the seven years, they were not releasing them back. In other words, they were defiling God's law. They were not doing what the law of the Lord said. They were breaking the covenant. Remember, even in Jeremiah chapter 34, verse 14, Zechariah, the king of that time, made a covenant with all the people in Jerusalem to proclaim freedom for slavery that they be freed. But the people of Israel did not do that. I will say those who were rich. If you read verse 15, it reveals that when they realized that what they were doing was against God, they repented. Remember, I once gave the illustration, it's in the Bible, of a dog. When a dog has eaten something, it vomits and eats the vomit. So what Israel did here they repented of what they had done. And after repenting, when they realized the people are gone, they are going back, they then again did the very same act. That is a failure to repent. The other thing that we read in Nehemiah number five, verse number five, it reveals what was happening also in the people. There was an outcry in Jerusalem. There was actually poverty or hunger, such that the people decided to, to offer or to make collateral of their land. They wanted to make money. For instance, if I'm so poor, I will maybe collateralize with my home to the rich that you can take my home as long as you give me food. That is what they were doing. They wanted food so dearly, but they could not get the food. So the only way for them to get the food was to trade. They were giving what they, they had. If you read Nehemiah chapter 5 verse 4 says, Still others were saying we have had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. What was happening? Some people who go and borrow money just to pay tax. So to make ends meet, life was tough. They would borrow money, collateralize with what they have. And unfortunately, some were still made slaves. 
And Israel was not obeying the Lord. They were praying, but they were not doing what the word says. If we can just go deeply a little bit in the issue of borrowing money. God says if in Exodus 22 verse 25, if you lend money to one of my people amongst you who is needy, do not treat it like a business deal. Do not charge interest. And Jesus gives a very different view when he talks about the, uh, giving money to the people in the New Testament. That if you borrow someone money as a Christian, don't expect to get it back. You know that verse? Do you know that verse? You are not expected, you don't have to demand it back. It's in the Bible. Luke 6 verse 34. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that for you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. Verse 35. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be the children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. It's in the Bible. So as a Christian, if I borrow you money, I don't, expect, I don't have to expect that you return it. It's unfortunate that we are so used that if I give you a thousand, I'm expecting you to give it. And now I, let, I make that call. But in a biblical way, it's not. Jesus understood, although in this context he was talking about loving your enemies, he understood that alone, if you see, uh, let me explain this. If you borrow me money, it becomes a burden to me to pay it back. Because I have to pay you back. Whatever I get, I remember I owe signs of some money. It's a burden. So Jesus Christ knew these things that it becomes a burden. Now, when we talk here about, behold, the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress the workers. The oppression includes the fact that there were also people that were stressed because they could not pay back their loans. So we are demand, God commands us today that let us do the word of God as it is. Let us look, look for benefits and try to go against his will to get what we want. If we do what like that, don't expect to get an answer from God. Bad practices. These are things that not work with God. If you read verse 58, Isaiah 58 verse 6, it says, Is this not the kind of fasting that I have chosen? That you lose the chains of the unjust and the untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. In other words, is it not to free the slaves in the context he was talking to? Is it not to, con to free those slaves and make them happy and those people that owe you, that you settle the debt? You just make sure that I don't pay, 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 pay back my money. Now, I know this is a very difficult thing. But before I, 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 I bring it to practicality, the other thing in verse 7 is talking about caring for the needy. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wonder with shelter? And when you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? That is care. He's talking about the kind of fasting. Now, if you understand what fasting is, fasting is where we 
Put aside, let me just be direct, maybe not complicated. You put aside food to concentrate on God because you want God. So when God says, is this not the kind of fast? He's asking like, is this not what you want? If you want to focus on me and put your things aside, now these are my conditions. My conditions are, don't oppress the poor. The second condition is that you provide for the needy. So as Christians, we have put that aside. There are people who make cries, maybe on national radio, social media, I need this. It's a platform to give as a Christian. But we are the last people to appear as Christians. We have been superseded. Or the people who are in the secular world, actually they surpass us. They do better than us. We fail to do that. God, his plan is that you are saved to be on this earth to illuminate his goodness. And the goodness of the Lord can only be illuminated through practical acts. It is not only spirituality. It is not speaking in tongues. It is not shouting when you pray. It is not doing all those uh, uh, spiritual or shouting when I'm preaching or speaking speak softly when I'm preaching. It is not only that. That we must do. But God still expects us as a church to move outside and reflect his goodness. We have to show the act of kindness. You see, I, 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 I would upload uh, the churches that we see maybe overseas, some of them. They would send even doctors to Africa. They do good works. But unfortunately, we are not on that side. We see church as a spiritual home. A home that does not care for our needs. Such that even if someone is here and is poor, we don't care what will happen after church. There are people who come to church and after service they don't even have food to eat. They are just there to worship God and when it's time to go, Bazalwane, we can go. Sometimes even as pastors, we demand offering from them. Everybody offer. Some of them they even, even give a minimum. You cannot offer with a coin. But we fail to understand that this person is going, going through a tough time in his life. Some people come to church, they haven't even had breakfast, not because they've decided to fast, but it is because they don't have anything and the church is irrelevant. There are storms that destroy people's property. And it's even difficult. The church doesn't even, it doesn't even click that they can say, please come and stay in this church. Now, is our Christianity practical? Do you care for the people who are in need? Now, God says, if you do those things, people will see your light and your light will shine. Which is the light? It is the light of Christianity that God is the light. You shall be light, your light shall break forth like dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your real God. It is only if we care for the people. It is only if we release that are under us, people who are our slaves. Let me talk maybe in our language. We have people that we have employed. Some of us, they have some uh, people who help us, housekeepers. Some of us actually we run businesses. We have employed people. There are many things that we do. How do you treat those people? 
Can they attest that you are a Christian? Can they say that we know Baba Dube, he's a Christian, the way he treats us? I don't mean to be a fool, but to act in a Christian way. That they know that this is a man of God. Not because he prays when he comes to the office and, and speaks tongues and speaks, oh, hallelujah. No, they can read it from your life. You give to the needy. You care for their needs. And the atmosphere is a godly one because God, when he created man, he wanted to illuminate his goodness. That's why he made us into his image. Because he wanted us as human beings to show how good he is. But we failed to do that. We have only spiritualized everything. Everything is now spiritual. We focus on prayer. We focus on fasting. We focus on all night prayers. Everything is spiritual. Everything is too spiritual. And we are utterly useless. And people cannot see Christ. They cannot see this thing of Christianity. And we have lost Christianity because of that. People are not changing into Christianity, but are changing to Islam because Islam cares for people. They provide food. They will slaughter a beast. And people of the community will come and eat. But we don't do that. I haven't heard of a church that has lost at a, lost, slaughtered a beast even in Christmas time just to say, anybody who is poor, please come and take a piece so you can have a wonderful Christmas. I haven't heard that. It's true, some churches, they call people and they give them some things. There was one church I've heard about that actually time and again, they call the community old ladies to come and receive uh, some food packages. That is good. But are we relevant as a church? So, the Bible says it is only if we do this act where our light will, we will break forth. And when people see Christ, God, the goodness of God in the way we live, the Bible says in verse 9, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from the mist, the pointing of fingers and speaking the wickedness. Amen. If you pour yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desires of the afflicted, then you shall then your light shall rise in the darkness and the gloom be as the noonday. Our lives will only shine for God if we act. I don't know how we can do this, but I want it to be practical in your life. You don't have to have millions to participate in the kingdom of God. Just do what you do. It has been part of our culture as the Swazi people to give. When your harvest is ready, you would share with people. But we all put that aside due to civilization. Individualism took place. And people cannot see Christ in us. The church actually now is viewed as a place of receiving rather than giving. Christians are people who just receive other than give. You bless me, my brother. You bless me, my mother. You bless me, my brother. Bless the man of God. And the man of God never blesses. The church receives all the tithes. Uh, no, nobody, the church never gives back to the community. And the people, the community cannot see Christ. We have a number of churches around. But I haven't seen any of those churches giving to the needy women in this place. People cannot see Christ. That's why we've prayed and our prayers have not been answered. We are earthly useless. Let's be earthly useful as a church. Let people see Christ in us, not only with our lives, but with what we act and do. Give to the needy. 
where you can offer assistance do. It is my prayer that in this church as we grow, we have it as part of our lives to care for people, just to give to people. If we do have, let it be. It is my wish that maybe we start even just a box, a small box, in the corner there, it will stay there, we can keep it here. That even if you go to maybe to pick and pay, you buy something and you say, ah, this soap is cheap, let me add maybe two. You bring the two to the church. It's not for the pastor, it's not for the, it's not for who so and so, but it is for the person who is needy. I believe there are people here who have been given a gift of identifying people who are needy and they can help them. And people will see the church. Other than the church, even yourself giving to people. I remember at some point in time we in South Africa, there are these people, when you buy your car, they say, let me look after your car, whatever, you know them, you know. And we were with one lady, and I actually said to see, I, I was giving this person the money, and I said to this lady, you know what? This is an opportunity for us as Christians to give. Don't look at it from a point of view of a needy person and a poor person who is desperate. But if you take the perspective like, this is an opportunity to give, I give. Let's learn to give. One of the things I've, I've, I've said and I've realized is that be an opportunistic Christian. What is an opportunistic Christian? That's a Christian that when he hears there's an opportunity to give, he gives. When somebody says, I need some uniform, you are there with your tenor malangin, because that's what you offer, you afford. It doesn't mean you have to bring the whole shoe. I can afford tenor malangin. How many churches have decided to buy, to buy school kids' shoes? But we've seen banks do it. The secular said, the church is, is comfortable, come to church, we preach to people, but we fail to be practical. And then we go and pray and fast, and uh, oh, it's not practical. God says, this is the kind of fasting that I've requested. This is the way you should focus on me, by also illuminating my goodness by the good acts. So God wants us to treat, even if someone is owing you, God expects that you don't just go and take even his cows, his donkeys, his car. That's not Christianity. People won't see Christ in you. As a church today, let's help the needy. Let's help the people around us. What we can, it doesn't mean, Bazalwani, you have to have a lot of money. With the little you have, if you have avocado tree, that has got a, a hundred avocados, you cannot eat hundred avocados in a week. Give some to the people. Don't give to the pastor. Only give even to people. Please take. Amen. Amen. As we close, I want us to pray. We've come to the end of the service. I'm sorry to preach a practical gospel today, but that's what God wants. If he says, may your kingdom come, that is part of the things he's talking about. We have to illuminate his goodness. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have read your word. You are a practical God.
who wants us to see you by the acts that we do. So it is our prayer, Lord, now in the name of Jesus Christ, that God, may we live the way you want us to, and may we illuminate your goodness, such that when we call on you, you hear our prayers. When you say, Father, we are hungry, he will hear. When you say, Father, we need this and this, you will answer. And people, if we act as you want, will see your goodness. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Well, that's all we had for you today. I believe the message has changed your life. Now you know that as Christians, we are called to illuminate His goodness. And as we illuminate His goodness, His light or Christianity will shine and people will see God in what we do. And the Bible says where we just read, God will hear when you call on Him. That is when our fasting will be effective. We will fast and pray and God will answer. I believe you will apply these principles in your life. Your prayer and your fasting life will never be the same. God willing, let's meet next time. Goodbye.